0: Welcome to the WFNY Cornercast, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at the Cleveland Guardians baseball team and farm system. Presented to you by the WaitingForNextYear.com network of podcasts. Here are Gerbs, Mitch, and Ethan. Welcome
1: to the WFNY Cornercast. I am your host, Joe Gerbs Gerberry, on here with uh, Farmer Ethan. Ethan, uh, last uh, we took last week off. And uh, you have not been with us uh, in in quite a bit. Uh, Last we heard you were tending your livestock during the great great Columbus blackout of 2022. Uh, How are you? uh, How are you doing? The time off has not gotten rid of your nickname. I'm sorry. Uh, You objected to it. So therefore, it has stuck. If you had been apoplectic about it or anything or just okay with it, it would have gone away but you immediately
2: shot back on farmer ethan and uh you're fucked with it now so i just hope you and mitch really enjoyed the the lovely fluffy text messages that you guys got in the downtime since i listened to the podcast last week just or two weeks ago just to kind of get a grasp on where things were and what was talked about but I, I didn't. I, do. I didn't know you could send that many middle finger emojis in a text
1: message without like the authorities being called or something. But
2: well, it's not Twitter. I don't have the the character limit anymore. Right there, you go. There you go. That works. That works. That works. But I do genuinely uh, feel like I've been gone forever. So I know. I'm nice back in the chair. It's nice yes. to be back on the mic.
1: Yes. Last week we uh, we just had a scheduling conflict. We we tried to do it on the like getaway day or whatever the day game is of the week if it's wednesday or thursday and um i was unavailable last wednesday because i was at cedar point and then thursday was the nfl uh, nba draft rather and the uh the Cavs cast guys got on and did it so we just were a little cramped for time and so we just called it a week and uh mitch is off mitch is on vacation for the next two so it's gonna be just me and uh the farmer for this week and next and uh but yeah so um Getting uh moving on from uh your uh great fantastic nickname. Uh don't forget, guys, we have breakingtea.com uh backslash wfny. Uh there are two shirts that I want to point out for all of you. Uh Guardiac Kids. Gar- how do you feel about Guardiac Kids? We uh, know how you feel about Farmer Ethan. Guardiac Kids in no Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm all in on the Guardiac Kids. Guardiac Kids is great. I'm with it as well. But uh, the the uh, purveyor of it last night, Josh Naylor, all the smoke shirt on there. Uh, I have one that is incoming to my home as we speak. Hopefully it is uh, not too very long and I will I have, will have it in my possession. Uh, and they actually just dropped a new shirt. I don't know if you've seen this one yet or not. Ethan, I can find a pick for you. Uh, do you remember when the Guardians played the Dodgers on the Apple TV Friday Night game? I do. Uh, Apple TV Plus game, uh, and Jose was mic'd up and he's yelling at Freddie Freeman from the dugout. Did you see oh. this video?
2: Oh, I, I adore this video. And if this okay. is a shirt, I, I yeah.
1: need Yeah. It literally—they uh, made a shirt of uh, "You're one of the best hitters." Da da da. After me. And it's got Jose's face on it, so it's Man. it's fantastic. I'm going uh, after that one. That's going to there be is, my closet come next week. There is nobody better than Jose Ramirez. But as you are shopping for your Guardians teas, you're all the smoke. Josh Naylor's the you are one of the best hitters after me. Uh, don't forget checking out breakingtea.com backslash wfny. I think you can get ten percent off possibly using that. Um, we also get a little kickback on that too. So. Um, yeah, it wasn't just Josh Naylor, though, that helped out and, and made this series, uh, with the Twins a success. Uh, big five game series with the Twins coming off a, uh, sweep by the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Josh Naylor had the big walk off last night. Uh, I, I wish we could have said all star Andres. We have to go back to everyday Andres, but everyday Andres with the, uh, Andre is with the walk-off home run today. Um, I was picking up my girls and had the game on and literally fist bumping as my wife was trying to figure out why I was wildly gesticulating in the car, uh, as he got the home run today to get this the series win. Uh, how do you feel about the this the the series win against the twins today? Or this week rather. Five games five games in four days was rough, but it was a big
2: stretch against uh the division, the, the, the team that's ahead of us in the division right now. I think you can say, you know, that many games, in that many days is tough. About the entire month of June for Cleveland, they played twenty eight games in thirty days, which is absolutely ludicrous. Um, <clears throat> but the the series win is surprising. Um, they really felt like they lost some wind out of their sails after that Sunday game in Minnesota, the one nothing shutout where. Yeah. The wheels just fell off in the seventh inning. We were all questioning Terry Francona's decision to not substitute in anybody with the bases loaded and nobody out for Ernie Cold Miles Straw. But even after a big at the uh, hands- ice cold,
1: ice cold does not quantify Miles Straw. This is Captain America like trapped in ice. He is cores Rocky, Rocky Mountain cold right now. Like. And Phil, Phil Colson couldn't get Miles Straw out of the ice right now.
2: Ice, ice, Miles Straw. Right, there but there you go. Yeah, d- despite the d- despite the the sweep at the hands of the Red Sox, you know that was four games in a row after the incredible stretch that they were on. That it, it really felt like the momentum was leaving them. Um, that that Boston team is scorching hot at the moment. And, uh, I frankly, they're. So talented, that they're going to keep that up the rest of the season. But to come into this series where, uh, and first of all, just the individual games that happened in the series has one of those Jason Stark because baseball tweets about some of the statistics all over it. But to take three of five in a series that the twins could have left with a 10 game lead in the division and they have a one game lead. Is absolutely hilarious to me, at this point in June, heading into July.
1: Yeah the the win probabilities uh, have been very have been tweeted tweeted about uh, joyously across Guardians Twitter. Uh, what was it? So in the Twins' last five losses to Cleveland, they had win probabilities as high. This is uh, per Aaron Gleeman on Twitter. So at Aaron Gleeman uh 92 98 82 95 and 89%. Obviously when percentage when probabilities are uh somewhat of a they they hold whatever weight you want to give them because obviously those games were losses for the twins but um yeah if they'd be up they'd be up by 11 games right now uh they are only leading by one so Pretty good series for Cleveland uh, to be able to do what they did to Minnesota. um, And and in the way that they did it, uh, just really breaking the backbone of that bullpen. Um, Emilio Pagan is a scarred man, I think, now. I think he sees Josh Naylor's hair coming at him um, in his sleep. Um, And uh, they just... Last night, I think, really hurt the team more today than anything because they burned out Duran. Is it Duran or or Duran?
2: I think it's Duran. Joan Duran.
1: Yeah, Joan Duran. He pitched at least 32 pitches last night um, on Wednesday and then um, was probably more than likely unavailable today. And They were not going to throw out Pagan. They were not going to throw out (laughs) Pagan today. No way were they going to try that. So... Um, Which brought us today's bum, Tyler Thornton. Right, Tyler, Th- Tyler Thornburg uh, was out there. Or Thornburg, Thornburg. that's it. Thornburg. Yeah, you know, like the, uh, well, uh, not the Wild Thornberries. That's always, I think of whenever I see Thorn, Thorn <laughs> be something, Wild Thornberries. But, um, yeah, I, I, the hitting has been down this series. It hasn't been uh, the offensive explosions that we've seen against the Twins, but, um, Especially today, they just they couldn't get there. It was as though the Twins were saying, "Here's this game on a silver platter," and the guards just couldn't take it until the very end. But um, you know, they got the win, and they got it. They got a big one. So, uh,
2: Can we coming talk up next, about specifically how weird today's game was for a second. I would love to talk about it. Go for it. It was a five-three walk-off win for Cleveland. They drew first blood on a bases-loaded walk. The twins, which if,
1: which, if you were listening to the radio broadcast, as I was, and I know you were, Tom Hamilton called that walk like it was Josh Naylor's home run the night before.
2: He did. He was very... <laughs> that's the most excited I've ever heard a man about a walk. Uh, <laughs> it, it was certainly something to behold. But Cleveland had three hits today. They scored five runs. They had 16 total base runners in this game despite three hits. They drew 10 walks, two players were hit by a pitch, and one reached on an error. Of those three hits, Ice Ice Baby, Miles Straw, hit a two-run single. Technically, I think he was only credited with a single and one run because it was a throwing error by Carlos Correa trying yeah. to go to third base that allowed the the tying run to score. Regardless, the first six walks... That Cleveland drew in this game were all off of Chris Archer, all of them with two outs. Yeah. Which you would think is the winning combination for this team that slays baseballs with two outs and runners in scoring position.
1: Right. The con the contact kings, the guardians, would be able well, to get something across, but But we were
2: once again reminded that this team only clocks in after the seventh inning. Right. They they wake up around they wake up when they hear, uh, take me out to the ball game." That's it. That That's that's the magic right there. They play that every, at every ballpark. When teams stop playing that, it, it, that Russian sleeper agent switch is just going to not trigger, and they're going to go back to mediocrity. I, I, I like the idea of the Manchurian candidate.
1: Like, his team <laughs> all, just, all the, just glazed eyes, like, click over. Like, we must win now. <laughs> yeah. Did somebody game. say Cracker Jacks? I have a home run to hit. <laughs> the game is afoot. <laughs> and almost got you to spit out your drink. That was great for me. I appreciate that. Okay, cool. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, today was just a weird, weird, weird game. But we'll take it as a as fans. We'll, I'm sure they will take it as a team and uh, get some closer to. Uh, this big weekend series with the Yankees where they come in, I don't actually know. I didn't do any research on who is pitching what. I think, uh, I think the team is going to end up facing Cole um, possibly, which does stink a little bit. Garrett Cole's just great. You want to avoid him as much as you can. But, um,
2: you know. The one I'm actually nervous for is I know for sure they are going to draw Nestor Cortez, who has been absolutely wild. So they have Garrett Cole tomorrow, July 1st, uh, against Aaron Savalle. It's Nestor Cortez against Tristan McKenzie on Saturday. And then Jordan Montgomery takes on Zach Zach on Sunday.
1: Montgomery will be a lefty, so uh, yeah, I'll be a little bit tougher. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Cole is going to be interesting. Um, I'm actually less worried about Nestor as a uh, Nestor fantasy owner. Uh, He's been him and him and Tristan going on Saturday. If it's a, if it's a warm day, like I think it's going to be, you're going to see some moonshots that day. And has been giving up a lot of long balls as of late. So, um, and unfortunately still has Tristan as, as will be mentioned later on in the podcast. So, but That's let's a, get it's moving it's along. B
2: plus so T's. I'll give you that.
1: Ah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting there. I, I I never did radio growing up, but I listened to a lot of it. So uh, we're getting better
2: every week. That's the goal. Getting
1: better, you know, to one percent better every week. So uh, we are just about to July. Uh, we have I think just a few more hours until it's July, which means all-star voting is coming close to an end. Uh, Jose, our our lovable bowling ball is a third base finalist at uh at third base which would make sense um unfortunately also Andres was left off uh Ethan was bemoaning the finalists at second base uh we all knew Jose Altuve was going to get at least some of the look but none of that that second place person was going to uh was going was was lining up to be Andres' And that ended up going to Santiago Espinal. Um, so it, it's looking right now that, I mean, we're we're expecting Classe to be nominated for the pitching side. Um, that's for the coaches, but Jose is is the lone hitter at this point in time. It seems unless there's injuries or a fluke that Andres uh, makes the lineup. What do you think about Jose being the Lone hitter on the uh, on the Guardians All Star roster.
2: I mean, it was kind of obvious, right? The guy that leads the American League in home runs, he has more extra base hits than strikeouts, hitting about three hundred. Uh, he should be, frankly, one of the top vote getters in the A.L. behind maybe Trout and Otani, who just have. And their I think he is, isn't he? Well, he was behind Devers uh, at the three quarter update before the first round results went live gotcha and he was not that far ahead of him at that update i think he only had him by about hundred thousand votes gotcha. so i mean even in the second round that's going to be a heavyweight bout right so it's it's going to be interesting it's one of those things where you know now that he's signed here long term we've gone from the baseball community of jose watch where is he going to go back in spring training to Oh, now he's back in Cleveland. Nobody's paying attention to him. And it hurts stock like this. In the grand scheme of things, it means nothing. It's a nice career, you know, little merit badge for him. And it gets him a nice bonus, I'm sure, as part of his contract. But, you know, at the end, the end of little, the
1: day. He gets a little AS at the end of his baseball reference uh, line item
2: for his season. Yeah, and if in one of his plate appearances he hits a home run, he might leave with a nice Ford F-150. But, right. You know, at the end of the day, this is a team that's building and growing and is looking to open a championship window again. So I, I think it was pretty obvious that Jose, who is leaps and bounds, better than everybody not named Andres Jimenez on the roster offensively. This was pretty much a, a gimme.
1: Yeah. I I was really hoping, pulling for for Andres to make it, but uh, as, as, I, as I said in our Discord, uh, it's not to be... It was expected that he wasn't going to be, be make it, but it is, uh, without a doubt, a travesty that will cause psychological damage uh, going forward.
2: So, I'm not here to diminish Santiago Espinal, but if you just put their fan graphs page side by side, the story tells itself, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah.
1: You're fighting against Canada, and we've all known that you can't fight against Canada. Right? I don't know. That's not a thing. Anyway... I'm not touching that. I don't. Yep. That's we're getting into international waters now, and it's one. Yeah, thing I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to start an incident. No, no, no. It's one thing when I can make fun of Pittsburgh for the garbage city that it is, and uh, in, in the garbage state that Pennsylvania is. It's another thing when I'm going after
2: a whole other country. So we'll, we'll circle back when we start a hockey podcast, and we can make fun of the Maple Leafs. Absolutely. Uh, next uh, topic. Next
1: subject. Stars and Scrubs, one of the holdovers that we, we're just gonna keep this going. This is what I like. What Mitch brought this up as a uh, topic, and I and I liked it, so we're gonna keep this as a thing. So, uh, my star for the week, I'll start because I don't have yours on my on my sheet. You send it to me, but I don't. I forgot who it was. Uh, Andres Jimenez. Uh, I put him actually for the whole month of June. I got his stats for June because he's been absolutely fantastic uh 157 wrc plus through june he raised his uh walk rate 6.4 percent still not not jose levels not kwan levels but when you're clocking in at like a two or a three percent doubling it tripling it in, in a month is great significant significant drop in the k rate uh he's down to 14.9 um from I had it and I lost it because I went to game log. Um, his in his March and April it was twenty four point five, uh twenty two point nine through May, uh fourteen point nine in June. So I you can just tell seeing the ball better, doing those kind of things that we talked about early in the year where he's going to start, uh moving away from a little bit more of the power hitter that he was obviously today he had his home run. So these stats aren't up to date. fingers doesn't update them that quickly, but, um, what he's move, losing a little bit in slug he's picking up for in, in on base that keeps those numbers pretty much even to where he was. And, uh, yeah, he should have been a, should have been an all-star Andre's, uh, was my star of the week, star of the month. Uh, however you want to put it. So,
2: I want to follow up on Andres because what he's doing is absolutely incredible. Not just this month. Are, are you ready for some fun season stats? Absolutely. We have named him Everyday Andres. And for the longest time this season, he was platooned against lefties Andres, which none of us enjoyed. And it drove me endlessly insane. Uh, and not just you, but yes. Everybody. But... Have we maybe visited those lefty-righty splits? Would you like to know what those are? Shoot. He has now started six consecutive games against a left-handed pitcher. His lefty-righty splits are almost identical for the season. He is hitting 309, 354, 493 against lefties. All right, for a guy who can't hit lefties, that's pretty solid. He's hitting 313, 358, 519 against righties. I think the guy can just hit.
1: Yeah, yep, 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 Now, yep.
2: putting that all together and why he should be an All-Star. Andres Jimenez with two outs and runners in scoring position. Is hitting 429, 467, 929 slugging with a 293 wrc+.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they call him Captain Clutch for a reason, man. Those are
2: video game numbers, my friends. Yes,
1: that's that's MLB The Show numbers. So, Hi, this is comedian and writer,
3: and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get you really can't ask for much more than that, can you people? Check us out at WhiskeyBusinessPod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.
1: Guts, go ahead and get your star of the week, star of the month. I, don't, I didn't give you a, a date. I just used Andre's month number because I wanted to extol his, uh, his praises. So give me your star
2: of the week. My star of the week, and apologies in advance to anybody listening in the Twin Cities. My star of the week is Emilio Pagan, Twins lead-inning reliever. And it is deserved, and I I have some very fun things for this. Pagan faced the Guardians three times in this series. In this series, Cleveland slashed 286, 500, 429 against him as a team. 500? 500 on base? 500 on base percentage. Uh, And he had an ERA of 21.6 it was not pretty but you could for the season you could flip a coin and you get on base pretty much it is what it was for him but in the season series so far pagan has made seven total appearances against the guardians the team is slashing 346 414 692 on the season he has allowed 12 runs with a 15.19 era he has been so bad against Cleveland that he has added a total 1.18 win probability added. I was going to say, I hope
1: you found that, because as soon as you brought that up, I was like, I saw that tweet. Emilio Pagan has been the fourth highest win percent or win, uh, percentage added guard, guardian, and he plays for the Twins. I think 1. Naylor, Jose, and Andres are the only three hitters, only three players better than him. Or in WPA for the Guardians. Yes,
2: uh, Emilio Pagan, Twins reliever, is the fourth most valuable Cleveland Guardian in terms yeah. of win probability. Added, it yeah. is absolutely amazing. I, I had to take those shots; they're so deserved. Yeah.
1: Thank you for the uh, for for mentioning that. I should have put that in my notes. So, uh, for honorable mentions on stars and uh, for the week, uh, I put I wrote down. Uh, Naylor for the memes uh, just it wasn't a great week for Naylor in the last seven games since we recorded I, 14 games even has been longer since we've actually have recorded. Um, but I mean, the, the big home run last night and just the cojones on him, you know, to come out and say, I'm not trying to hit a single. I'm trying to hit a home run. And then someone actually went deeper into the MLB.com article from Manny Bell and found that he told his teammates to take it easy on his leg when they came around to celebrate his home run. Like heading out to go take the at bat and say, "Hey, uh, careful of this leg. It's still tw- it's still tingy. I need you to be careful because I might I'm gonna go knock this 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 dong out. You know that's." That some cojones from Josh. So, but I uh, love about Josh Naylor, man. Josh Naylor is Josh Naylor. Uh, and uh, the other other mention was uh, Emmanuel Classe. Last fourteen since we recorded, uh, six games, six innings pitched, uh, five games fin or six five, five games finish out of the six. He's faced eighteen batters, only allowed three hits, gotten six Ks. And all those five games that he finished, he got five saves. The only one... I think he got a win, possibly, in the game that he did that he didn't finish. Is that correct? I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, But, yeah, he is... He's been lights out, as you expect, from your closer, who's done... Everything and anything that anybody could ask, uh, and was absolutely worth the 18 innings of Corey Kluber that the Rangers logged, uh, as well as whatever salary we took for Delano the Shields. So, Class A has been absolutely just lights out for the Guardians, and amongst, I, if he's not the most elite relief pitcher, in one or definitely
2: in in the top five in the game right now. Anything to say about Klaase? He has to be getting pretty close to to being one of the most dominant relief pitchers out there, and he's so young and he's still learning. And I'm and he's so going to be here
1: for years. It's That's late, exactly
2: late. it. So,
1: yeah, super nice to have. So, moving on to scrubs. Uh, my scrub of the week. Uh, unfortunately, it's it appears as though the carriage might have turned back into a pumpkin for one Mister Owen Miller. Uh, last seven day, last seven games days, uh, slashing uh, 105, uh, 191, and 105, uh, meaning that no extra base hits, uh, one RBI in the last seven days if you want his last 14, since we uh, recorded last 233, 231, which I have no idea how you have a lower on-base percentage than your walks. He reached on an error somewhere in there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 463 slugging two RBI in the last 14 games, and uh, he of the... uh, well, amongst the league leaders in sacrifice lies only one in the last 14 days for Owen Miller. Um, as I said, it's starting to look a little bit like the uh, the character into a pumpkin. Uh, just haven't been able to see this extra adjustment that he's made um, losing at bats to Josh Naylor, losing at bats to friend Mel Reyes. Uh, however, that might end up working out, but. He's not, he's not getting those second base starts over, you know, against left-handers over Andre's it's, it's a strict platoon with him and, and Naylor at this point. And I don't mind that so much, but there's, uh, there are guys that are knocking at the door in AAA, a uh, and Owen's starting to look a little, little on the, on the bullseye uh, there. So anything you have on Owen Miller here?
2: You know you're having a rough time when you're losing at bats to a guy with a nearly 50% K rate in Fran Miel Reyes. That's um, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not been it's not been
1: great, and his defense is, was, has been has been down too. And, and that was something that's been a little, you know elite for him, and, and keeping him in to much much like. Miles Straw keeping you know, keeping him in the uh the lineup is his defense in and center. And Francona has come out and said that many a time. That's why you can't you know, let him sit, let him rest, let him get his head right. You they need his defense out in center field. If Owen's not defending well, if and he's not hitting the way he is, it's gonna it's only gonna get worse for his at bats going forward. And like I said, there there are guys that are That are knocking that are ready to come up and show what they can do and you know nolan jones and will brennan and even possibly george valera something like that so uh it's it's looking like it might be time to try to make a move here but we'll see who is your
2: scrub ethan i hate to do it because i've been a big proponent of his since the season started I just think there's something so fun about him and his new role, but my scrub of the Week is going to be gifted to one Eli Morgan who did not have a great two weeks. I originally just pulled his numbers since the podcast would have last recorded, which would have been the 24th, but since we were all, I went back and pulled them for the two-week span. It didn't make it better. In one week... So this past week, getting back to the 24th, Eli appeared in two games. He gave up four runs. He only faced 10 guys, and three of them got extra base hits. He had an ERA of 13.5. Not doing so hot, but if you go back two weeks, he played four games. He gave up five runs. Guys are slashing 350, 381, 850 against him since June 17th. And he's got an ERA of 10.38. So somewhere along the line, either Peters have adjusted to his changeup or he is just not mixing it well. He's given up a couple of clutch home runs and the Eli Morgan Matt has run dry the last two weeks. Yeah, there
1: was some sort of tweet that I saw um, saying that Twins hitters admitted that they were They're laying off, they're waiting for the changeup to come. They're, they're fouling off fastballs. They're fighting for singles or whatever. And then just sitting on the changeup as it comes. And uh, as nice as the, uh, Pitching Ninja calls it the, I think the Bunny Hop changeup. changeup. The Bugs Bunny changeup. There you go. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's flat right now. It's not, it's these, I think it's a pitch mix because the pitch still looks good. So I don't know if it's a, you know, need to throw a slider. Need to th- work in a, a more fastballs, something. But the uh, the changeup is just there. There's they have admitted that they are sitting on it now, which is when when they know what's coming. That's you're losing all your
2: advantage uh, as as a pitcher. He probably does need to work in the slider a little bit more. Uh, the usage of the pitch is almost ten percent year over year from last year, and I, I think when Working. And we know he can hit 93, 94 when he first comes out of the bullpen, but by the time he gets to 20, 30 pitches, it starts flattening out to that 90 to 92 range again, which is part of why I really like him in that role because with the increased velocity, that changeup is so deadly. But if guys are going to be sitting on the changeup, then he's got to get that slider going. He's got to find a way to change planes and get guys to chase outside of the zone, away from them and not just below the knees.
1: Yeah. I, I, and i like him being a fireman two inning guy but if they need to pull him back and use him just in one inning that's that's something that could be done too because it's a lot of that's starting to happen at, in that second go around you know not necessarily a second or third time through the order but um he's not pitching that much but that's why that's why he got moved to the bullpen and that's what he needs to be doing is Facing, he doesn't need to be getting to 20 or 30 pitches. He needs to be in the teens and 20 max and getting out. So, honorable mentions for Scrubs. Uh, these are guys we don't want to say. And it pains me to say because I label him as ace of the staff. Tristan McKenzie has just not been, he's been victimized by the long ball lately, uh, all season, but it's been worse as of late five home runs in his last 10 10.1 innings pitch uh only 12 Ks against his last 49 batters um just he's just getting he just it, it I was looking at his swinging numbers swinging strike numbers um they're they're low when you look at guy like when you look at the elite guys his swinging strike rate is like 14%, 13% something like that That's not up near the like 20s, 28 that you might see from guys like Bieber or Dylan Cease and stuff like that. But it's still livable, still something that you can see him having success with because he's had success this season, and it's not much different from earlier in the year. But um, just leaving stuff middle-middle and, and same kind of thing that with Eli. I don't know if it's the pitch mix or something, but because um, he can look – He can look dominant in the start, and all of a sudden the rails are off, and it's back-to-back, home runs, down by four, and this is not a team that has the firepower to come back on it. So, um, what are your thoughts on Tristan?
2: His last start was more that he was just hanging those breaking pitches. Yeah, the middle of the plate, and... You can't get away with that no matter who you're facing. He'd been kind of lucky in some of these other starts in the stretch where it was just a solo shot here and there, and the offense could compensate for it. He did not get that lucky last time out. He was giving them up with guys on base, and it it was not a pretty go-around.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hopefully he gets to turn it around and, and gets some more command on his pitches. He has the his VLO numbers have been decent and good and and good. Uh, We've been mentioning all year that he was the one that hit the the higher end of his velocity earlier than anybody else. And I would almost rather he sacrifice a little bit of velocity if he has his command a little bit better um, going forward. Um, I also wanted to mention horribly uh, just again, God love him. I call him my main man, Miles. But uh, just, as I said, Captain America, ice cold. Last seven days, uh, 136 batting average, 208 on base, 182 slugging. Uh, Over his last 14 days, you can hear my dog with her toy now because I got a new microphone. Uh, Last 14 days for Miles Straw. Same 136 batting average, 225 OB, uh, OBP, point uh, 205 slugging, um, just just awful. Uh, they I was watching on on the game day today, as I, like I said, I was listening to it on the radio. They have the hot and cold zones in the strike zone, and just way too much blue on there for Miles Straw. The the only area of even slight pink was the the bottom right quadrant of the strike zone for him as a right hand batter. Meaning he's just shooting things the other way. There's no pull in his swing at all. He's just not able to get anything to his power side. Um, everything, everything, any hit that he's getting is going up up the middle, off to right field, which is fine. And you know you we you hear when guys are going through slumps you know, start heading up the middle, start t- shooting it to the other side. It's just not like there's no oomph behind Miles' swing and he was never a big power hitter to begin with, but the contact just isn't there right now for Miles and his his K rate is through the roof for a guy that has, who is known for being so elite at that um, and why he was leading off and why they extended him and all those things. But there's just, He's just not not happening for Miles at this point in time. I, I was saying I, I can foresee a bruised ego IL stint showing up here soon. That might uh, that might be necessary and let him kind of gather himself back up against some inferior pitching in the minors for a little bit and, and let him come back up. But um, what do you think about Miles?
2: I will say in his defense his k rate is skyrocketing from where it was in april but it's still the lowest k rate of his career so far um and you touched on it earlier you still need his elite defense out there and and even for miles he's never gonna hit that home run that's gonna get him going again for him it's just getting back into his game and today might have been a good start you know he was one for two with a two rbi single slash throwing error and he drew two walks. That's the kind of game you really want to see from Miles. That's gonna get him back, you know, to a better part of the lineup where he can really use his speed, get on base. Because even if he draws blocked, he's still a threat.
1: Yeah. And, and I especially- and I do like I do like the lineup construction that Frank Cone uses because he does this a lot where he has that pseudo leadoff guy at nine to help give his leadoff guy, his actual leadoff guy and number two guy RBI opportunities. And, and I think Miles can do that while he's in this spot right now. Um, but go ahead.
2: But the one thing that, that really needs to, to happen is, is Terry's, Tito's got to get over this not starting Quan against lefties thing and just accept that Quan might be an acceptable substitute center fielder if Straw needs yep. to take a two week a health break. Because we've seen Quan make incredible plays in the corner outfield spots. Diving catches, great throws. I, I mean, he was advertised as a pretty well above average defender, and he's been that. Yeah. But at the same time, he keeps getting benched against lefties, which I don't understand, because he's hitting almost 300 against them on the season. Right. Which is mind-blowing to me. He's actually slightly worse against righties, but he starts
1: against every righty. Right. I exactly. just that's... Little bit of law of large numbers, you have a bigger, bigger sample size, so he's going to hit a little bit worse. But, um,
2: but when he does face a lefty, he's fine, yeah. So, I, I don't know where that platoon idea comes especially when it means sometimes Clement is in the lineup, who yeah, he, he's fantastic with a bat in his hands, it doesn't matter who he's oh. There's no sarcasm in my voice
1: whatsoever. The big urn, uh, I think, the big urn.
2: I think uh, 80 great day thrower by the way Social
1: media I can say ed- a absolutely the best cl- uh, uh, Josh
2: Naylor levels of elite clubhouse guy yes and designated fielder do not give him a stick yeah but like Francona has come around on Andres being the everyday second baseman he just needs to sit down and look at Kwan's numbers too and yeah. just play him every day that there's no reason to be platooning him other than the lack of power. But Kwan's absolutely on fire in the month of June. He's still getting on base like a machine. If you need to sub him in at, at center field for two weeks and give Nolan Jones a chance, or hell, for all I care, call George Valera and let him strip AAA altogether. He's on 40. Give him a shot.
3: What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes?
1: our last segment of the night we're gonna do uh since it is almost july now um it is we're closing in on a trade deadline we're gonna probably see some moves uh just necessitated by the fact that there's a glut of 40 man or 40 people on, or there is a glut of people on the 40 man roster there's a the sentence that i wanted to say um
2: it was in there all along
1: it was there you know it was in us all along we were we were getting there um i wanted to look at just three moves you would want to make um it could be trades it could be call-ups uh i think we both have something along the lines of get the kids up um you said that was all your three i think in our 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 pre-pod conversation so uh, who, what were your three moves that you want to do? And, and if I have anything that's the same, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in.
2: So the first one is more of a setup move, and it's you got to dump the dead weight on the 40-man roster. And they've started to do that this past week. Uh, you know, they, they did kind of straw man moves with Tanner Tully and Ian Gabout. Geber- he has some strange pronunciation, about or something? I don't... Yeah. yeah, I know he came from the Rangers, but he pitched one game with Cleveland, and now he's with the Dodgers via the waiver wire. But those are the kinds of names that you need to start clearing out. The, the Kirk McCartys, the Tobias Myers's of the world. To make room for freshly called-up guys like Logan Allen and Xavier Curry, who are going to be added in the near future, but those are also the kind of moves that free up... Well, we had to give cash to Cincinnati for Sandy Leone promoted Bo Naylor to AAA, who's not on the 40-man, while Brian is on the injured list, so you need the space to make those kind of moves, and, and those are the kind of deadweight moves, and uh, frankly, I have no idea how Elias Miners was a top-30 prospect for the Rays after seeing some of his performances in the spring and what he's done so far in Columbus. That's been a bizarre bust.
1: Yeah, there's... But... There's definitely some guys like that. I, uh, to your point, I had, uh, I have a big trade at the top of it, um, and one of these guys would be involved in it. But I, I said, call up Jones or Valera for uh, Oscar Gonzalez. Um, I think I think we're getting to that point. Like I said, we're 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 ready to see some of the kids. And if you are, maybe not for Oscar, and it's for a Miles Straw, you know. Injured injured list portion, and you have Oscar in left, Kwan and re- Kwan in center, and uh, Nolan Jones in right field, where he's been pre- where he's been doing well um, in AAA. This I know Bodie's gonna goal, kill me so. for this
2: one because he thinks his arm will be wasted. But if Owen Miller is gonna continue to struggle like this, and Josh Naylor is going to continue to be very very tender with that leg. Vaughn Jones was third base. That defense will translate to first. So if Oscar continues to play well and you need just a better bat in the lineup, Nolan can probably play first without too much of an issue.
1: Yeah. um, I I can see him playing first. They've been using him in right field uh, since the, since he came back from the injured list. So I, I don't see them using him in major leagues at first base straight out but um it's definitely a and and a, 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 a you we know, we've we've been trying to figure out for years where nolan jones where nolan jones is going to play and if it ends up being first base it can be first base but uh you know there is there's an options out here so what are some more of your uh moves i think you got two left
2: possibly unless you might have can unless you combined some of them i'm not sure no, you, you've got to get in in some combination both Valera and Jones up this year. Even if it's just a September cup of coffee for Valera, no one should be up here probably sooner rather than later. He's having a, a really good start to to AAA. He's not showing any signs of any issues from the ankle surgery, and he's still one of Cleveland's. Top five prospects. I, I think the plan is to get him in the lineup as soon as somebody starts slipping enough to deem it worthy that it's his turn. Right. Which was the expectation for the season. When we sat down with Zach Meisel preseason, that was something he told us it was going to be a revolving door of bodies while well, right. the team figured out who was part of the future and who wasn't. And we're in the middle of that and the team just keeps winning despite that, which is right. incredible in and of itself. But yeah, and,
1: and and we've talked about it before. Guys like Oscar Gonzalez. Absolutely should have been. I, I had every expectation it was going to be a two week audition and a DFA on the way out, or you know, an option back to AAA and organization fill, organizational filler. He's he's struggled a little bit in the last couple weeks, but he's he's doing all right and he's doing okay, and he's creating himself. He's creating himself some trade value or you know some sticking power in the lineup. Uh, uh we we would have thought that he would have been gone by now, but he's he's a guy that's stuck around. So yeah, we so, uh, to your point, the the revolving door is getting stuck a little bit more than what we thought. So Um my my big trade that I had mentioned, I was speaking with uh, on Twitter with uh Quincy Wheeler about um just some of the trades that uh happened they or somebody tweeted out the anniversary of the Bartolo Cologne trade that netted the then Indians uh Grady Sizemore Cliff Lee and Brandon Phillips and he had something of a package that was similar to what I have here uh but uh this is a big time move and a big time package of, of players going out, but to get both these guys, I think sets you up not only for this year, but for the near future as well. Uh, swing a trade for Brian Reynolds and David Bednar from the Pittsburgh pirates. Just reverse the, 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 the pipeline, just grab, just grab the, uh, the switch and just pull it back. That, uh, seems the Guardians prospects, Indians and Guardians, go down to Pittsburgh to send us some of those guys back. We will send you uh, Daniel Espino, Nolan Jones, uh, Brian Rocchio, and Will Benson. Uh, Those are three of the top, I think even five, probably, prospects in the Guardians uh, farm system. But I, I think we've seen some breakouts from guys like Xavier Curry and Gavin Williams and the one and only Logan Allen that might be pushing guys like Espino down after his injury. Um, we're seeing Tyler Freeman put it together in AAA a little bit better than what we thought. Um, the power numbers are, aren't right there, but he's also walking like great. Uh, so, I mean, I'm pitching this as a, yes we are giving up good prospects but we are getting a guy in brian reynolds who is coveted across the the major leagues and probably the best reliever on the bullpen market in david bednar so what do you think about my my fake trade here
2: i would be lying if i said i didn't mute myself to wince a little bit out loud at just that prospect package i'm pretty in on acquiring betnar he's a bullpen hand that frankly cleveland could really use another one like him uh but reynolds man he's gonna be a free agent in 2026 so yeah you get him for a, a couple of years i would want the guarantee that he'd be willing to resign or extend himself for a few years Beyond that He's 27 already When he hits free agency He'll be 31 So he's not The most spring chicken kind of guy To give up that kind of prospect capital for In Valera And Espino who Two guys I've been highest on Of any prospect
1: I didn't put Valera in there Espino yes Espino, Jones, Rocchio
2: And Will Benson See, I still don't like Rokyo either because he's starting to get last year's Bo Naylor treatment where he's having a down year at the dish and people are starting to write him off. But look at what Bo's done this year, right? But my big issue with Reynolds is that he's already expressed his interest that he doesn't want to stay in Pittsburgh beyond the time that he's already tied to them. And if he doesn't want to stay there with O'Neill Cruz, Brian Hayes. Leover Piguero and the rest of the prospects that they have climbing off that farm. Rancy Contreras is in the rotation. They've got Henry Davis, who's one of the next great catchers in baseball, allegedly down in the minors. Uh, They've got Quinn Priester, who's going to be an allegedly really wicked starter one of these days. If he doesn't want to stay with that talent, why would he want to stay in Cleveland? I just have this feeling that he's got his eyes set west on a big LA market and a big LA contract.
1: Yeah. Uh, Still, though, uh, you you have the for this year. I don't know that there's many more hitters that are better than Reynolds out there, and I I I do. I'm almost sure there are no bullpen arms that are out there that are better than Bednar. And not only are you, not only would the team be looking at a winnable division, but you're also taking those players off of the market from other teams, getting them as well. You don't have Boston picking up Bednar and helping out their bullpen. You don't have a team like uh, like the Angels who are just just loathly awful with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani mm-hmm. going after Brian Reynolds. You know you don't have anybody else acquiring those guys. You are taking them off the market. So
2: and that's um, fair. You would just have to know
1: that your window is those.
2: Three and a half years that you would have, Brian.
1: which it is. I mean, uh, that's what we have. Jose signed for, you know, as, as before it starts, before he starts getting real expensive, uh, and you you add guys like Valera in, you add guys like Tyler Freeman in, and yeah, you're pretty much there. That's you know, you get some of the the chuffa of the rotation of Zavoli and plezak out of here and, and put in uh the one and only Logan Allen you put in Gavin Williams or Gaddis or Xavion Curry and you're looking at a roster that's still extended uh beyond that that window, but you also have that, that high end talent there. So all right, give me your last move and then I will uh nominate the, the last trade for the WFLI quartercast here.
2: Oh, I just wanted to reiterate Call of it's time. Okay. He's, he's absolutely slaying it in double-A. I understand that you have Will Brennan and Benson in triple-A Columbus, and Nolan Jones is playing right field there right now, but, like, call it up to the majors.
1: Yeah. I, you guys keep saying that, you and Bodie, keep saying on their Discord. I don't think there's any way that they call up Valera before Jones or even Brennan, but... No, uh, they're, they're
2: never going to start that clock early, but my, my whole argument now is that the whole we've ended player manipulation service time. Right. But we're still not going to call up Emil Cruz till the day after the Super 2 deadline passes. Right. That's passed. Just, just call him up.
1: Yeah. Um, as for the last trade, uh, as I mentioned in our pre-podcast, we, we here at the WFMI CornerCast, we don't have many obligations on us, but there is one contractual obligation that we do have, and it is that we mentioned Sean Cake Murphy at least once a week, and uh, so it, the required trade you have to give up yeah uh, to trade for Cake Murphy uh, and trading Ahmed Rosario despite the fact that he's been very good at the dish lately and, and and decent enough and at he's if he's league average defensively at shortstop and hitting the way that he has been I don't want to trade him. But if you can add to your catcher room with Sean Murphy, you absolutely have to make that deal. Ahmed Rosario, send them Will Benson, send them Will Brennan, send them Alex Call, whoever you want, AAA. Um, just keep your hands off of Nolan Jones or Valera. Um, but getting Cake Murphy for, for Ahmed seems to be a no-brainer of no-brainer deals that Oakland should do. And uh, we can just call it in if they want. Do you want to just call it into the league office and have them do that? I think we, I think we could do it, right?
2: We probably could. I think we have that authority. We I mean, have that. That's I, fine. I, I'm, I, I'm not saying we do or don't, but I'm also saying that you've never seen me and MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred in the same room together. Do you also hate baseball? Because he
1: doesn't. Oh, did you? Did, I don't know if you knew this or not. He doesn't hate baseball
2: passionately but i tell people on the outside that it's fine well i dismantle it from the inside that right. that's how you do it <sighs> yep okay
1: <laughs> glad we got that off our chest we got, that was a little there was there was some therapy worked out right there is what that was so um yeah so i think we got a good episode we're cutting in right around an hour uh my dog is back now with a different toy so, this is where we're going to cut it off. I'm sure you can hear all these squeaks on the podcast. Uh, guys, take care of yourselves. Take care of others. Uh, we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, this is Jill Gerb signing off for the WFY Quartercast. Goodbye.
0: History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy,